This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. If you have just changed the dial and are just now joining us, you're listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR 91.7 FM. And this is Anna Thompson with your Meanwhile in Memphis for today. The This is our last Tuesday with a new episode of 2022, dear listener. So um, turn it up and get excited because after today, we will be sliding into our favorite things of 2022 for the rest of the holiday season. So I have a very special um, co-host with me today. Say hello. Well, hello, Memphis. I am Kaylin Bradford, Vice President of Programs for New Memphis, and I'm so excited to be here with y'all on the podcast today. Yes affectionately known to me as KB. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Um, since he used to work at the wonderful establishment that is the University of Memphis. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. I knew that he was the one and only person who was the perfect choice to co-host with me today. So um, let me see. We have a few opening show announcements. So Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR is brought to you by New Memphis, a local leadership development nonprofit whose mission is to develop, activate, and retain talent right here in Memphis. One way that we do this is through this radio show, and our goal is to educate the community on innovators, opportunities, and individuals who are making a difference. We have a unique episode today, dear listener, as it's focused all on athletics, specifically the athletes of University of Memphis, and helping them cash in on the new name, image, and likeness deals available to them. But before we get into that conversation with Clay Presley of the 901 Fund, we have a few housekeeping announcements. A friendly reminder to all New Memphis alumni that our holiday party is on December 8th, so two short days away. (laughs) You can check your email to RSVP and join us for all of the festive fun. It's going to be so much fun. It is going to be so much fun. Um, Another announcement is that TEDx Memphis 2023 is just around the corner in the new year, folks. Um, It will be held at Crosstown Theater on February 11th, 2023. And this year's theme is Truth or Dare. You can head over to newmemphis.org or tedx-memphis.com for more information. The lineup is the bomb. It is going to be so good. We have some great TEDx it's, speakers this truly, year. Truly, <laughs> truly, it's going to be amazing. So grab a ticket, grab wait. one today. Do not miss this opportunity. Um, I would ask that if you like what you hear every week on this radio show and podcast, that you give us a five-star rating, give us a glowing review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and most importantly, subscribe to never miss an episode. On that same note, um, if you know someone who has a compelling story to share about how they're transforming the Memphis community, send us an email at info at newmemphis.org as we welcome feedback and reviews there too as well. It is the season of giving, and last week we dedicated a full episode to the how, why, and where to give to New Memphis, but to sum it up, you can donate by heading over to newmemphis.org and clicking the giant red donate button. I promise you cannot miss it. No donation is too small, and certainly no donation is too big. I love it. Um, So today we will be talking with Clay Presley. He is the co-founder of the 901 Fund and a partner at South Worth Capital Management. Clay was a member of the University of Memphis football team from 2005 to 2007. Clay and Ashley Presley, along with South Worth, are annual contributors to the University of Memphis, St. Jude Children's Hospital, and the Memphis Zoo. He holds a BS and an MBA from the University of Memphis, so he is a true tiger through and through, and he is passionate about our city and about the University of Memphis, which will come through in our upcoming chat. So without further ado, dear listener. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
Welcome, Clay, to the studio with us today. How are you doing? Doing well. Good. On this chilly morning. Good, good. Um, I'm very excited to talk to you about all things um, athletics today, but specifically, I wanted to start off to get to know you a little bit better. So can you tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself? Kind of the Spark Notes version, if you will. Sure. So I'm from Memphis. Okay. Uh, went to uh, Riverdale Elementary, Harding Academy for high school, and then walked on to the University of Memphis uh, football team in 2005. So my freshman year was D'Angelo Williams' senior year. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Had a good time. Got yeah. to go to the bowl game and uh, ended up on a, on the uh, NCAA video game. Uh, yeah, I was the backup center on, uh, I think it was 2007, Reggie Bush on the cover. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> love it, yeah, love it. A collector's edition at this point, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's an interesting year for sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, w- walked away from football, but finished up school. Um, my junior year was Derrick Rose. Uh, so that was, it was a really fun time to be involved at the university and athletics were humming. Uh, went on to... Uh, you know, professional life. I worked at City Gear, the footwear and apparel retailer, yeah. for seven years. Ran their marketing and e-commerce. Um, we went through some acquisitions there, uh, and then I kind of transitioned to the investment side. That's what I do today. Um, but I mean, you you know, the uh, the time I had at the university and sort of what all went on there. Really passionate about University of Memphis and the athletics program, which is uh, what kind of brought us back into 901 Fund and why I'm here today. Well, thank you very so, much. So, a yeah. fun fact. So, one of my college best friends is best friends with D'Angelo Williams. So, when you said that name, I'm like, Chanel D'Angelo, win Arkansas University of Memphis. Let's go. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the connections there. Okay. So, you mentioned the 901 Fund. For those who maybe not have not heard of it yet, can you tell us a little bit about the 901 Fund, what it is, and how it got started? Yes. So, 901 Fund... Uh, is is a, an NIL collective, uh, which means name, image, and likeness, right? right. So, Thank you for the clarifying. Yeah, yeah so, so in 2000, if I go back to kind of July 2021, the NCAA change rules where uh, collegiate student-athletes uh, can get paid based on their name, image, and likeness. And there have been, um, you know, this has been an area of conflict for a long time. I mentioned the NCAA video game. Well, they don't have that anymore because of a dispute over name, image, and likeness. So there was a big class action lawsuit led by Ed O'Bannon um, in the early 2000s. And, uh, the, the, and EA Sports had to pay out anybody who joined the class action lawsuit. I actually have a check from the, Ooh, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it got too expensive to make the video yeah, game, basically. <laughs> For the record, if I had known that meant they were just going to cancel the game, I would have let them keep the check. I, I missed the game. But yeah. uh, now now that they've changed the rules, I think um, they were getting on a tangent, but I do think they may bring, be bringing the game back. Okay, yeah. Um, but uh, we it, once they changed the rules for NIL, it became a major issue for athletics programs, right? Right. And they put a few rules in place. One of them is the university can't pay the kids. It can't be for athletics. They have to be using their name, image, and likeness, and they have to be, you know, performing uh, approved activities, okay. which are kind of marketing related, right? So it's social media, in-person appearances, autographs, things like that. And so we're looking at this kind of come together. 
and we uh, as as boosters and and Bobby Bird, who who's one of the founders of Bank of Bartlett, kind of approached us and said, "Hey, I have this idea. Let's use these new NIL rules to promote local Memphis charities." Hmm. We're like, "This is this is an excellent idea." Yeah. So we really started digging in. How do we do it? And so the 901 fund raises money. We use that to engage University of Memphis student athletes, and primarily we work with football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Okay. And we pay them to promote local charities. And the idea is one, you know, the university has a has a NIL program that they can point to, right? Like a competitive program they can point to, which helps them in recruiting, right? That helps the university because when your athletics programs are successful, it's proven that that helps enrollment and student satisfaction and all those things. It helps promote local charities. Some of some of the ones we work with are big. Everybody kind of knows who they are, but some of them are smaller and it introduces them to a new audience. And even the bigger ones, you know, these when you're introducing these players to the charity they may not know who they are their followers may not know who they are so they still get introduced to a new younger audience than maybe they're they're typically seeing um and so we've been excited about what we've been able to do there and then the third part of it is we we really try to make a point to connect the student athletes with the people who run the charities or who volunteer at these charities to try to build their network right and and connect them to the city of Memphis where hopefully we can keep more of those athletes here, right? Like we have this belief that we're developing leaders in this city every day through the athletics program of the University of Memphis. You got to go to school. You got to take care of your business. Athletics is a full-time job, whether they want to say it or not, right? And I think the, that's the whole goal of the coaching staff is to develop hard workers and leaders, right? And if we can, a lot of them are not from Memphis. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get them to connect here and maybe establish roots here and, and stay here longer term, we think that's a positive for the city. Clay, I think that's really good. You know, when I was working on a college campus, one of the things that we talked a lot about was the importance of connecting students and athletes in specific to the community. And so um, I think the more connected they are, the more affinity they have for the college, the more affinity they have for the city and just all things um, athletics. But as you were talking, I was curious, um, do you have any like success stories um, of previous experiences that immediately stick out to your mind? You know, it's it's new to us, right? We we really we launched in April of this year, um, and so we're just we're really just getting started. Everybody we've worked with is still you know currently on a roster, um, but some a couple things that that I could probably point to. One the one of the first appearances we did. Um, was at the National Civil Rights Museum, and they had a, a temporary exhibit this summer um, that uh, we brought a few athletes out to, and Dr. Wigington came down and spent some time with everybody um, and handed out their card and talked a little bit about how he ended up here and at, and at the National Civil Rights Museum. That was like a really cool, really impactful moment, and, and I know that's something that's come up when I talked to the the athletes who were there again. Um, 
And then the other that probably comes to mind is we, we did an appearance with Vitalant, the old lifeblood. Yeah, group. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a donor fest at Overton Square this summer. Um, and so we sent out some football players to, uh, and they were signing autographs, meeting fans, trying to get people to go out and uh, meet them and then maybe donate while they're there. And uh, the, the, the guys in the afternoon group like really got into it and they started talking to people. They had a band out there. And the next thing I know, like Quindell Johnson, who's a senior leader on the football team, he's on stage dancing with the singer. <laughs> And, and having a really good time, and, and I've heard a lot from David Williams, who runs by talent, about how much that meant to like the volunteers who were out there all day, and that was just a you know a special moment. Love it, love it. Yeah, I definitely feel like even though it is kind of in its infancy, like just been around since April, that there already is some big strides being made. I'm curious, is there something like this at most universities? How how is this? How is the NIL like rules changing? helping the universities like obviously it helps them in recruitment and things like that like you said but they can't manage the nil specifically can they like the the rules regarding the players and how they're monetizing their name image and likeness so do they need a third party like the 901 fund i'm curious like how the logistics work at other universities yes so they they do need a third party like the 901 fund so okay uh, the universities aren't allowed to manage itself. It's it's a little tricky, right? Yeah. So, um, it's like, yeah, you can make money, but we can't help you. <laughs> kind of, that, kind is, of. that is pretty much that's the NCAA's uh, take on it in a nutshell. Um, and and it's funny. So you know, there's a couple ways you can go about nil, right? And one is uh, you have a third party group who's essentially like an a marketing agent. Okay. Right. And so they reach out to local businesses and they sell the businesses on trying to hire you to represent their brand. And, and there are some schools who have gone about it that way. And then there are other schools who are doing it like us. I would say it, it's not at most schools. It is at some when we started, I think we were maybe the third or fourth to do it this way. Wow. Okay. Um, but there's a you know, there's a lot that have been rolled out since last April. Because um, people kind of see the wisdom in it, right? Yeah. Um, and it it's it is kind of funny. So the money we raise, a lot of the people who are candidates to give to nine hundred one fund are also typically giving to the university yeah. to support the athletics programs. And Makes so there's sense. common interest. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a little. There can be a little bit of conflict there, right? Because <laughs> you know uh, people start to make choices. Oh, okay. Yes, I see. Which I'm picking up what you're putting down, Clay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> um, but but the university's been great, and and they can be involved. They just can't direct the money okay um they can't collect it and then give it to the 901 fund they can't fund anything we do they can't pay a player directly so they do i I do think you're going to see some form of collective at most universities uh eventually uh, probably this year they're just not all the way there yet okay so what makes this approach unique being one of the first that got rolled out i mean have people been looking to the have people been like 
calling y'all and being like, wait, how do we do this? Y'all are doing a good job. <laughs> we we have we have received a handful of phone calls from from other uh, booster groups across yes, the country. I love to hear uh, it. Yeah, and, and you know we've been open with it, right? Like there's there's I don't think there's a lot of competition like between us and, and Clemson, right? There's no secret sauce, and <laughs> you just want people to be successful and help yeah. the universities the way yeah. that you can. Yeah, and, and what we do, right? We're not competing competing for the same pool of money. Um, we we just want to try to have a successful program, right? And you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to come out here today because one of our biggest challenges is educating people yeah. and, and letting them know nine hundred one fund is out there and how you get involved and, and what happens with the money because there is a lot of confusion around nil. It's it's a lot to communicate to someone, right? It is. It's very nuanced and tricky. Yeah. I feel like what little I know about it, I still get confused about it, which is one reason I was excited to talk to you today, but also a little nervous to talk to you today. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to explain everything um, in a succinct manner, right? Like I've done some couple minute interviews on a radio spot. Ooh, that's and it's hard. Like, yeah. Man, we just we're just scratching the surface and you know, you put together a presentation and, and I'm like, wow, this is 30 slides. That seems a little long. <laughs> That's aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I've, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come over here and have a conversation about it because I do think typically like the questions that get asked are pretty common questions and, and hopefully some people listen to it and learn because uh, there, there's a lot of education that's going into it right now. So, Clay, one of the questions that I have is, of course, your mission is really about connecting student athletes to the community and to different charities. Um, and you just talked about the importance of, like, educating other people so they get information. Um, but I guess the question is, how can people in the community get involved with the 901 Fund? Yeah, so 901fund.org is the website, right? And um, there's a couple ways you, you can contribute there. We take one-time donations, certainly. We offer a monthly subscription. Ah, recurring donors. Nice. Yes, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Smart play. Um, and, and for that, and it starts at just 901 a month. How about oh, that? I love it. I love it. Quite clever. Um, and, and for that, you, you get our monthly uh, exclusive interviews. So we pick one or two athletes every month. We bring them in. Uh, we do a video interview, and then we write like a feature article. Oh, um, wow. And so you get to know the player, a player, a little bit better. And, that, you know, it's a thank you for the people who subscribe. Um, we actually just recently launched a line of merchandise. Ooh, I love some uh, merch. Okay. Yeah, Clay, you, you didn't bring us any swag? I know. Uh, you know, Come so. Come on, man. So <laughs> I, without making too long a story, we partnered up with uh, Grind City Designs. Oh, yeah. They're great. They're local. Yeah. They're local. They do a really nice job. The benefit to us is we don't have to hold any inventory. Oh, so it's they, all there. They do, okay. Well, they do print on demand. On demand. Yes, they do. Love it. Okay. Love it. And, and so we've been able to go out and we, we've done a couple things. So we have some clothing and, and some hats where, you know, the M hand that, yeah. that we do. So we have some of that stuff. We have some 901 fun stuff. But we've been able to partner with a select number of student athletes and create um, a design that features them. And so they get a cut of the sales and then a cut of the sales goes to 901 Fund as well. So we've been able to really diversify that offering, help the kids feel really special because now they have a, their, own, merch, yeah. their own merch, right? It's very cool. Um, and the only way we were able to do that the way we have is by partnering up with a company that offered that print on demand because we really couldn't. 
carry the cost of all that inventory. That's but. a really great partnership. Really it is. That's exciting. So look for that around and definitely. Um, so Grind City Designs, they're, yeah. they're on Instagram. I follow them. I have a lot of their merch myself because yeah. they have really <laughs> clever things also. So yeah. yeah, definitely check that out. Are there designs? Does it list which designs are like participating in 901 Fund, do you think? Yeah. So if you go to uh, 901fund.org, there's a shop button and oh, that'll take that. you okay. directly to... <laughs> All of our, our 901 Fund products. Okay. And we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, at 901 Fund. So I'm this going to follow like, right now before I, I know, forget. Right? I got to do it right now. This sounds like it's more than a full-time job in and of itself just to run 901 Fund, but you also have another job, correct? I do. <laughs> um, yeah, so... A man of many hats. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was out of town when we had the, uh, the meeting to kind of decide how we're going to go forward with 901 fund and my my dad went uh and he said i think you guys have a really great idea but we need somebody young to run this clay will do it <laughs> <laughs> voluntold how, how yes. yeah 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 and i was like okay um well as long as i don't have to do the fundraising or any media i'm in <laughs> and, uh, and here you are doing media. Here, here I am doing media, and I've done <laughs> and, a lot of fun. And asking for money, dear <laughs> yeah. listener. So yeah. Um, so it, it has it has kept me really busy. Uh, we we're fortunate. So Southworth Capital Management, which you kind of reference, that's that's my full time job. So we acquire small to mid sized businesses um, all across the country, and as part of that, we have a a business services group uh, where we do accounting, financial analysis, marketing, you know, uh, several back office services. Um, and we've been able to leverage that for 901 funds. So I don't have to do this all on my own. Okay. Um, but it's it's been a lot more work than maybe I anticipated. It's a lot of early mornings and late nights. Uh, but, but it's been rewarding, right? Like I, I touched on it earlier, I'm a fan. Uh, you know, I'm a former student athlete. So I believe that there is value to their NIL and, and I know the work that they put into it and I want to help them try to unlock that. Um, and I want to see our university athletics program succeed. Uh, but the other part of this for me is, uh, you know, my own experience getting to network with the people who run these charities has been incredible and really rewarding. You know, I, I think about one of my first phone calls with, was with Brittany Spence, who runs the Forrest Spence Fund. Yeah. Um, which they cover the, the non-medical expenses for people with chronically or critically ill children. Uh, they're a big partner with Le Bonheur. Yes, it's and, huge. They have a big run yeah. in the fall yes. and stuff like that. So we, yeah. we help promote that. We help promote their spring fundraiser. And she was telling me the story of how they started their their foundation. Um, and I was glad it was a phone call and not a meeting <laughs> or a video conference because I was weeping. Uh, <laughs> just uh, uh, listening to their story and how impactful it was. And, and you know, I, I have, we've gotten involved with Memphis Athletic Ministries yeah. uh, and learning more about what they did. You know, I, I was kind of aware of them, but didn't know that much. The nuances. Yeah, yeah. that definitely it, seems like it, an easy tie-in for and sure. Yes, mm -hmm. it, it makes a ton of sense for us. And it's been, that part of it has been very cool, very rewarding. I've really enjoyed getting to know all the people who are, who are running these charities. 
I love that. So if you are just tuning in, dear listener, we are chatting with Clay Presley. He is the co-founder of the 901 Fund and a partner at Southworth Capital Management. Um, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but kind of the intersection of what the 901 Fund does and what the New Memphis mission is. So the New Memphis mission is about developing, activating, and retaining talent to Memphis. That's truly like our bread and butter, what we're about doing. And the same way that the University of Memphis is creating leaders through athletics and through school as scholars, that's what we're doing in the leadership community. So you talked about how getting these student athletes kind of involved in the community might help them be retained to the city of Memphis. So have you seen any traction in that? Has it kind of bolstered the student athletes pride about the city and not just the university as well? You know, we're still in the early days of yeah. it, right? Uh, I'm hopeful, um, but I think it'll take some time before we really know um, how effective that's been. I, I think it's something that that I talk to them about and that we try. And, and I tell them, look, man, I, I want you. I'm glad that you're here and, and playing for us for the four or five years, but I want you here forever, yeah. right? Yeah. I want you to be A part Memphian. of Memphis, yeah. right? Um, it, and I, I think... I don't know that people talk to them that way all a the lot. time, yeah. right? And and it's it's something I don't think they've all given a lot of thought to. Um, but there are examples, and, and it's funny. Like if you look at the the Grizzlies, there are some guys who didn't go to college here, right? They're mm-hmm. not from here. They lived in multiple big cities playing professional sports. But then they moved to Memphis as, as an adult and realized, hey, this is a pretty great place to live. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that's something that I've pointed to also, right? Like, yeah. go do your thing. Go be a pro, you know, XFL, NFL, whatever. Chase your dreams. Uh, and then when you get done, call me and, and let's find something for you to do here. Yeah, I love that. And what's also fun, speaking of the Grizzlies, is seeing how many of them keep residences here, even regardless of where they go on their journeys. I mean, that's always makes me feel like a special point of pride to be like they didn't want to actually pick up and fully commit to wherever they were going. They were like, I'm going to be back, Memphis. Just just hide and watch. Absolutely. You love it. So how has it been with the athletes to be able to monetize on the NIL rules this year? Has it been exciting confusing taxing i feel like because like you said they're already full-time students they're full-time athletes and now there's this whole kind of professional aspect to it i feel like that's asking a lot of young men and women and so i'm curious how many of them were eager to jump on the opportunities and how many were a little weary I think every everybody <laughs> was excited to make some money, right? Yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> my initial thought. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was like too confusing. If it was like if you already had a full load of every, you know what I mean? Like if it sure if you can't manage it correctly, I feel like that would be scary as an eighteen year old. Yeah, I think there are there have been some a few rare instances where somebody was like, "Hey, I just can't commit to that." Okay, because um, it so, is also like physical appearances and going places. Some, some and of them, so, is, yeah. some some of the stuff is, yeah. I, so the interest, one interesting way, and it's it's I can't say it's unique, but it's um, it's maybe not the most common way to do nil. Is we use a platform called Open Doors. Okay. Okay. And and the great thing about the way that's structured and sort of how we work is the athlete 
we present them with an opportunity. Okay. And it says, this is what you're going to do. Uh, this is where you got to be, what you got to tweet, uh, everything you need to know, how much you're going to make if you do this. And then they decide if they're going to accept it or not. Okay. And so once they accept, then we, you know, they have to complete the activity. If it's a, a social media message, we usually send it to them or at least send them an outline, give them the, the content. Um, if it's an appearance, you know, we typically try to be there, make sure everything goes okay. Um, and then they have to upload proof that they oh, okay. that they did, that give, they completed give the, the receipts, task. yeah. Yep. And then we audit that proof. And once we approve it, then they get paid. And so one of the negative things you hear about NIL is, you know, they're just writing these contracts to these kids and that, you know, they're not doing anything to earn the money or, you know, it's, it's too much money or any of that. We don't have to deal with that so much because of our process. And while it is a little extra work for the athlete, I think that on its own instills a lesson of what it's like in the professional world, right? right. Like you have to do your job, you have to accept the job, yeah. do the job, perform mm -hmm. it to a standard, and then you get paid. Uh, and I think, you know, it's an important lesson. And, and there's been some times where I've rejected the proof because either like they, they didn't do it or they didn't do it correctly or they just didn't upload the right proof. Well, now you got to get it right. Um, and, and I, I think everybody's had a pretty good attitude around that. And, and as time has gone on, we've got a lot less of those issues because okay. now they know they have to pay attention to what they're doing. Right. Um, but I, I think that that's been, that's an important part of, of what we do too. Um, like I say, it does make a little more work for the athlete, but, uh, I think it's worth the time. I think we talk a lot about the interpersonal skills that, that is needed for individuals in society in general. Um, and we know that the pandemic really had an impact on that. Um, how are you seeing, you know, the pandemic impacting um, the experience that you guys are providing for them? It, it's funny, you know, I have noticed there's some stuff I remember from being on the team where you're just out in the community a lot. And a lot of these guys, uh, got here in 2019 2020 and so they haven't had as much of that yeah. and so i do think when they get out and get a chance to be in the community um i think that's been rewarding for them uh they love they love doing stuff with kids so anytime we go it? to like yeah. villages or uh, yeah, athletic ministries sure. it's a real race to see who's had the most fun uh, our kids are sweaty. We give them 901 fun shirts for their appearances. After the youth villages thing, we had to replace like three of them because they had ripped them play, <laughs> playing sports with the kids. Um, they they they've really embraced that, and and that's been fun to see. And it it took me a little while to figure it out, but I think part of the reason it seems so novel is because they it's not something they were able to do for their first couple years yeah. here. That's exciting. So you touched earlier on what role the University of Memphis can and cannot play in the work of 901 Fund. But um, what about what response has like the boosters and other stuff like that been to being excited about paying these kids? It's been a mixed reaction. Oh, OK. Yeah, um, it's it's been a mixed reaction. Not everybody thinks 
um, NIL is a good idea. They okay. feel like it takes away from the amateur aspect of college sports. Okay. Um, and that it becomes a little more like free agency where uh, previously in recruiting, um, you're at least not supposed to pay players. So there's this allure, right? Like you're committing to the, to the colors and, and the university. And it's, it's because it's strictly because you love the university of Memphis or the system that they play here uh, or the relationship that you have with the coach or, you know, an, an existing player, um, and, and NIL has changed that a little bit. It's It becomes one of the top questions the recruits ask. And you can't say, you're not allowed to say, well, when you come here, this is what I'm going to give you, right? Um, but what you can say is, well, you know, you're a tight end. Here's what our tight ends have received, right? Okay. And so you, you need a program to point to. I think um, I, I'm, I'm not really – breaking news for people who who get the who are in on the booster communications but the athletics department they are allowed to help fundraise for 901 fund and they are getting more and more direct with the boosters that like we need more support um okay currently uh our nil program is not at the level where it needs to be in order for us to continue to compete at the level we've been used to competing at for the last several years um and so we we do need some fundraising work the great part about that is you know for the city is that the money we raise we're going to use to help promote local charities yeah that's right right. funnels it right back yeah so groups like youth villages and memphis athletic ministries are going to benefit from that um as are the university of memphis and the student athletes and i think some of the some of the way we do NIL, you know, like I talked about that whole process of accepting the deal and, and completing it and improving. I think that hopefully that takes away some of the some of what people worry about. Okay, some of the mixed reaction there. Yeah, you know, I mean, the the a common line of thought is they are they get the scholarship, they get you know the, the cost of attendance. They don't need to also get paid. It you know the the way we do it they're earning that money right and mm-hmm. so if they're allowed to earn the money uh there's nothing wrong with it right you're not just writing a blank check to a kid and, and then not getting anything back for it and so i feel pretty good about the way we do it uh, in regards to staying compliant with the ncaa and being inside the state of tennessee laws um but yeah no we we need more boosters to get involved and and uh you know if, if you're somebody who is just loves Memphis or, or local charities. There, there's a way to help kind of pass that through. I'm curious. So you said it's a top question that recruits ask now mm-hmm. with the rules changing. So what does that question look like? Are there other programs that are you, they allowed to say they have more money in the bank to help with NIL stuff? Like how, what is the answer to that? Like, what do people say if, so like what is the tier what is the spectrum i guess of what people might say and where are we on that spectrum (laughs) yeah Yeah, so it's it is a very broad spectrum okay um and kind of where you are uh dictates that answer right so so a lot of the big like sec schools the collectives are a part of what they do but it's not necessarily their biggest thing 
because they have big uh, big boosters who own their own businesses who are hiring players directly. Some of them, like you take Alabama and Bryce Young, right? He has national name recognition, like real national value to his name. So he's in the Nissan Heisman House commercials, right? Yep. He's the first current student athlete to ever do that. He's getting national deals. You talk like locally, you go back to, to uh, Duran and Imani, mm-hmm. they had national deals. It didn't have anything to do necessarily with Memphis. They, they had enough uh, name recognition to go get their own money. Um, and, and so, but most college athletes don't, right? Right, and so that's they're kind the of exception, the not local, the rule. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're dependent on the local market. Um, but like SMU, which is in our conference, um, every scholarship football player on their team gets $46,000 a year from collectives. Wow. And Whoa. I don't know how exactly they structure that to be within the rules, but let, let's assume they got it figured out. Yes. Um, okay. I know that's a target. Yes. Po- uh, we're going to assume positive intent. That is, uh, we are not competitive with that. Okay. I, I can put it, we're not competitive yeah. with that. Okay. Now, that is one of the higher numbers out there, certainly for our conference, but you know, for the country, like in terms of across the board. Um, and so... There's some big numbers out there, right? Like yeah. tech, every every offensive lineman at Texas, I think, gets fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, Jeez, okay. But those are two schools with very wealthy fan bases, right? Yeah. Memphis, um, we, we have some of that, but mm-hmm. the reason I took the time to create the merchandise line and to create the subscription, you know, and, and start at nine hundred one a month is we really need. Everybody who goes to the forum, everybody who goes to the uh, yes. Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Hey, no, <laughs> yeah. You got it right. Yeah. Every, every, you know, we need everybody who watches on TV, uh, the the alumni group. We need everybody to kind of get involved the way we do everything, right? Yeah, the way Memphis shows up for yes. Memphis. Yeah. It's in order for us to really be successful, we we need this kind of crowdsourcing, broad based participation at whatever level that that people can can afford and, and i do hope that if you you know you care about memphis athletics it's something that you consider doing you know it, as you were kind of dropping some of those numbers it immediately made me go back to the conversation that we just had about how competitive it is and how this really does impact this is why people view it negatively um and have different opinions because if you can go here and get a few more bucks then that might impact you know your decision to go to a certain place so it certainly will, and and I know it's not the make or break for every student athlete, right? Um, like I know there there are kids on our team right now who turn down more NIL money to stay here, but yeah. they're Ooh. that's right, that's right, <laughs> hallelujah, yes, um, praise me. <laughs> but there are also a couple kids who are not on the roster anymore, and it's because they got offered more money to go somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, that's, that, and that's that's kind of where we are in college athletics, and you can like it or not like it. But, but it's, it, it's where we are. It, yeah. it is the reality of the moment, right? And I think things will continue to evolve, but I would expect for the next two or three years, um, this is what you got to be prepared to deal with. 
So, Clay, the other question, this is a fun question, is thinking about, you know, whenever recruits are coming, you know, I just saw University of Memphis basketball, Kendrick Davis um, is coming down. So whenever you see those things, uh, does it does it kind of give you the feels and you're like, this is going to be good for us? <laughs> um, it, you know, it's funny. Uh, sometimes I see them and I get a little sweaty and be like, man, are we going to? <laughs> Are we going to have the NIL money come in to make sure we, we keep the kids happy? Yeah. No pressure, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it is exciting. You know, I mean, like I, I mentioned it a couple times, like I, I'm a fan, right? Like we, we have season tickets to football. We have season, season tickets to women's basketball. Um, I, I sit right under the basket uh, for, for men's basketball. Um, I've gotten to know some of the kids. The, for they're all they're all good kids, you know. Some of them are are really funny, engaging people, <laughs> um, and it, you know. And I, I hope they succeed. And and, and I uh, am lucky to be in a position to try to help them. What is on the horizon for the rest of twenty twenty two? And as you look into twenty twenty three, what are some of the things that you have kind of lined up? for the 901 fund and some of the things that are kind of your more reach goals for the next like maybe two or three years? Yeah. So, you know, in ter- in terms of uh, fundraising, we're looking to kind of finish strong. We're, we're actually uh, entering, you know, a, a fairly important period uh, as football season winds down and, and basketball season starts up. Um, it's an opportunity to get the kids out in the community um, and it's and, a season of giving. It feels like everybody's yes, volunteering that's, that's and everybody's right. out and about and end of year giving. That's right. Yes. And so <laughs> we're, we're trying to tap into that. Um, you know, we, our goal is to create an annual fund of kind of three to $5 million a year. Um, and, and we think, you know, that would help the university stay competitive and we'd be able to do a lot of good with that. Um, we're, we're not there yet, and so we'll continue to work on that. Uh, and then I think in, in January uh, and in, in February, you'll start to see a lot more activity kind of out in the community, partnering up with some charities. We have some exciting uh, new ones lined up. So we've worked with 15 or so local charities so far, um, and we've got – we're working on plans with another four or five. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to work with everybody that we can. Um, but I do tell people, like, you know, we're we're sort of budgeting, right? And yes. so, we're, you know, our ability to help is somewhat limited by how much money we raise. Yeah. Um, and so th- that's been interesting. And, it, oh, you know, everybody who's reached out has been, you know, very understanding, right? I think we're, they're kind of in the same world, typically. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're just excited about uh, continuing to grow for local charities that might be interested in working with y'all in the future is there a way to reach out do they go through the university of memphis do they reach out to 901 fund directly yeah so you there's a contact form on the website you okay. just reach out to us directly i think info at 901fund.org is the email but okay. I, yeah it's on the website um and then and you can you know hit us up on on social media we've, we've gotten a few dms that way uh and uh we we check those and we try to respond and get back to everybody 
Hey, T, I'm thinking about the fellows program and the CAP program. This I could know. be like a really cool this CAP to a, work with, Clay. A good yeah, I'll follow moment. up with you separately, uh, yeah. Clay. That sounds great. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we have a few more last-minute questions for you. So how can listeners follow along and participate in the work that you're doing? So on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at 901Fund, we're, we're very active there. If you go to the 901Fund website, you can sign up for emails. Um, we're trying to get more consistent about putting out a newsletter about what we're doing in the community and what kind of press we've had lately. Um, and then, uh, obviously, donate, right? So we take one-time donations. We do the monthly subscriptions. Start There's multiple levels, but they start at just 901 a month. Uh, and, um, you know, the other ways you can buy the merchandise, which, uh, you can also get to, you go to 901fund.org and click shop, uh, and it'll take you to the whole store. I love it. Um, and what we love to say at New Memphis, especially around this time of year is there is no gift too small, but there is also no gift too large, dear listener. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Every little penny helps. That's right. Um, so one thing is, one thing we like to ask all of our guests is what does being a Memphian mean to you? No pressure. No pressure. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, what does being a Memphian mean to me? You know, Scott Van Pelt, uh, who's a famous ESPN anchor, he, he has a quote about Memphis and he said, Memphis is a city that feels like its own country. (laughs) Um, and, and that resonated with me. Um, I'm very, very proud to be from here. Um, I don't ever tell anyone I'm from Tennessee. I'm from Memphis. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, I, I think it's, it is, it's hard to explain, but, uh, I do think there's kind of a unique civic pride here for for people who are from here, you know, and you think about, uh, the, the impact our city has had uh, in in pop culture and in and in uh, anything about like what St. Jude does, right? Uh, FedEx. Uh, we actually had the opportunity to have dinner at uh, Royal Studios uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and he played a bunch of music for us and like and told the story about. Uh, Bruno Mars coming in with Mark Bronson and, and, and doing Uptown Funk. Yeah. And, Wasn't that 24 uh, Karat Magic? Um, that whole album. I think that yeah. whole album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, they, uh, they called him back and he put the horns on the new Silk Sonic album. Um, and so it was, it was very, very cool. And you're like, you know, it's this very unassuming building in the middle of South Memphis and, and <laughs> you know, most people don't know it's there, but like, He's won two Grammys in the last five years. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and, and it's when you think about all that coming out of Memphis and in this sort of it's 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 kind of a small city, but kind of a big city, mm-hmm. and but everybody knows each other. Uh, you're just very proud to to be from here and and uh, represent it wherever you go. What is your hope for the future of college athlete athletics here in Memphis? I, well, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, you know, I obviously I want them to be successful, right? I, you know, I'd I'd love to see uh, see us win a national championship one day. 
in in you know in one of the major sports, football and basketball, or all of the above, or all of the above. Um, I, I think we've we've had we've had a lot of success uh, recently, uh, particularly in football. And, and you go back a little bit further, we've had you know several eras of, of really successful basketball. I think uh, I think there's there's reason to be optimistic about both of those sports and and i think um but we 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 gotta support them right i I think it's it's come to the point we're just kind of hoping everything works out probably isn't enough for for boosters or or um you know passionate fan bases you know i i get the casual fan the desire to invest isn't there but if you're if you're really a, a passionate fan i think uh, we've reached a time where you put your you money got, where your mouth is. Yeah, you got to get involved, yeah. right? You got you got to show support. Um, but you know, I, I just continue to be successful. College athletics is changing so much. Um, I don't know what the power conferences are going to look like lately, or, or or you know, in the future, or um, if it's realistic for us to be involved in that. Um, I just want to see us continue to be competitive uh, and and have some fun. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Clay, and thank you for shedding some light on what the 901 Fund is and does and the impact of the name, image, and likeness rules and how it is impacting not only the University of Memphis but athletics and our community as a whole. So I'm excited to see what you all continue to do in the future. Thanks for having me, and thank, thanks to Mr. Thompson for uh, yes. making the introduction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He'll be glad for a shout-out. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank thanks, you. Clay. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> All right, dear listener, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation about athletics and how we are helping our student-athletes get more integrated into the community as well as kind of cash in, get that little do-re-mi we got working for them. So, this was really good. Like, I so enjoyed this conversation. I There was so much I thought I knew about the name, image, and yes, likeness stuff uh-huh. and so much I did not know. And I feel like Clay really helped kind of debunk some of that and streamline yes. what all of it means and how it is beneficial for our community. And again, it doesn't really matter, dear listener, if you like it or don't, because this is the reality of where we are. So mm-hmm. we want our community to prosper, and this is one way that we can help do that. Yeah. I mean, just being able to connect students to local issues, to local charities, to local groups that are doing great work in the city. I mean, that's what it's all about. So kudos to to Clay and the 901 Fund. Absolutely. That alone is worthwhile. Yes. Um, So next week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we will be beginning our Favorite Things series, which we use every year to close out the year. We will have our staff take a look back at the episodes from 2022 and choose a favorite to replay. So they will share why it was their favorite, why it's worthy of a re-listen, and you need to tune in beginning next week to see if some of your favorites made the cut. All right. Well, happy holidays from New Memphis and- Happy holidays, y'all. Until next Tuesday. Bye. Deuces. This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.